Welcome to another episode of the MMA Lockcast. I'm your host, Manpreet, aka MMA Lock of the Night, and your boy on Twitter at MMA LOTN. We're back for UFC 242, headlined by a huge fight with Khabib Nurmagomedov. Let me do that again. Khabib Nurmagomedov uh, versus Dustin Poirier. Great, huge lightweight fight. Probably the second biggest lightweight fight they can currently make. So I'm super excited for it. Uh, and then we also have Paul Felder versus Edson Barboza in the co-main event, which is a barn burner of a fight. It's going to be a striking battle in my opinion. I think if anybody's going to go for a takedown, it's probably Paul Felder. But we'll see once the fight actually happens. But we're back this week for the casuals. My man Big Rob is back. It feels like forever since we've heard yeah, from him. Man. It does feel like a quite some time. Right? <laughs> we're just having some chit-chat earlier before we started recording about like uh, music songs and how they're able to like trigger emotions in people. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also showed him how I never knew this. In the years and years, I listened to the song Uptown by Drake, which most of my hip-hop fans will know, featuring Bun B and Lil Wayne. Uh, it actually samples fucking Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. Had no fucking clue. I didn't clue. know either. No idea. It tripped me that I saw it somewhere and uh it just triggered him like there's why is billy joel getting credit on this song uh and then it turns out they actually sampled it so if you never knew now you fucking know you're welcome uh but this week with the casuals we're actually going to be going into uh the main event of this past weekend so let me just set the scene for you real quick uh ufc uh one of their uh fights in china this is they were in shenzhen china i'm sure you're familiar with everything that's going on there with hong kong and the whole mm-hmm. protest and all that type of shit time, so this was kind of good in terms of like having a you know a girl going up for a title so this was a title fight okay. it's good to have that type of person uh in that position okay. uh to kind of like almost carry the country on her back but try to set a, a you know a uh what do they call it? A role model. They want to set okay, like a mold, okay. like uh, be a representation of them, right? Uh, so like it was perfectly lined up for this girl to the amount of time she's won and that she deserves a title shot, in my opinion, at least. Okay. Uh, and she gets this opportunity to uh, compete in front of her home fans. Um, so this is the champion, Jessica Andrade. She's a Brazilian coming into China to defend her belt, which is kind of skeptical if you just think about it logically. Okay. Uh, but she had uh, won the title in Brazil. So the opponent that she fought at that time came to Brazil, fought her, and then, you know, now she's in that same girl's position. She's the champion coming into her opponent's home home country, home span, uh, home base. Uh, and okay. this is a pretty fun fight, which is why I'm only showing it from the beginning because it doesn't last that long. Oh, very quick. Oh, yeah. So that girl, oh, oh. this girl's like a berserker. The girl in the black, very much a berserker. She just... Launches oh, shots, oh, tries oh, to knock oh. girls out, and then just gets a little bit too, oh, too overzealous. And then, and then, wow, that's what happens when you get too close. Oh, she's getting kneed in the face. Oh, she's down. Oh, she's down. There's no, dude. There's no getting back up. There's, whoa, whoa, back. <laughs> dude, the the precision that she was able to defeat that girl with. That was sick. And variety too, not just punches to the head. She's kneeing her body. She's kneeing her head. She's, you know, elbowing. She's like doing everything you could possibly think of in such a short period of time. It was. To it, it was perfect. That much. Yeah, it was like, oh, here's an opening. Boom. Here's an opening. Boom. Here's an opening. Like, whereas I thought the other girl was going to basically kick her so ass. So the other girl was like this, the the solid favorite in this. Like it was yeah. almost pretty much everybody's safe pick, and it's the girl that I picked against. 
uh, in the last video where I was kind of getting shit on. I'm like, this girl has a really good chance of winning. And she showed exactly why. She's a crisper striker. She's a more precise striker yeah. and a more like disciplined striker. Definitely. The other girl just likes to wing forward and just overwhelm girls. But this girl, like, you saw, like, you'll see the, the I'm still playing it because the replay's coming up, but you'll see her, like, kind of thought process of, okay, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, and then land straight. Very, very impressive. Yeah. Big win in China, too. Huge win in China for her. Never had a UFC champion from China before. First ever Chinese champion. Watch this now. They'll eventually slow it down, but just, oh. So fast. So like she's just finding the little bit of openings and that's all happening in seconds I know wow she doesn't relent yeah I mean I mean I mean she can't even get away right she basically went into a fetal position look at this watch watch this one shot that she landed. oh this wait, one wait. coming up right, right there how precise oh. that was she was waiting for her to open up a little bit and she just landed it straight right in between oh. her shots fuck oh beautiful elbow Knees to the body. Elbow again. Knee. Knee to the head. Right hand to put her down. And she lost right in front of her corner too. Her corner was like right beside. What? Oh, so that's all the stuff. The corner's right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just watching her get beat oh, down. Oh, man. That's awful. Oh. Right there. <laughs> that's her corner right there. Fuck, dude. Nuts. One of the, in my opinion, one of the crazier finishes i've ever seen sequence as well not just like obviously there's like the 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 appeal of like that one punch knockout like the one mm -hmm. uppercut that just lays a guy out but to see something like this is way more impressive in my opinion you know what it reminds me of when you're playing a video game <laughs> and it's like it's street fighter yeah 22 hit combo <laughs> yo let me see what the ufc has its first stats 23 out of 34 strikes so she landed 23 out of 34 she Holy threw 34 strikes and landed 23 of them. All of them were considered significant strikes as well. Oh, my 68 God. 68% significant strike uh, accuracy. Insane. Oh, my God. <laughs> Insane. In 43 seconds. Realistically, once she started that barrage, it was oh, maybe yeah. like, what, 20 seconds? Yeah. Insane, dude. I'm, I'm impressed. She's very, very impressed. She's 20-1 and one now. She's only ever lost her first ever fight. And she's been looking really good. She, like, if she can continue winning, she could be one of the biggest stars in the world simply because of China. Like, that's what made she's Conor fast. McGregor. That's what made Conor McGregor so famous. Other than like his shit talking and like his just persona. Why? 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 Because he has a country behind him. He has Ireland. He had all of Ireland. And that was like really so. Whenever he, him even forward, when he would eh? fight in Vegas, yeah, like Ireland would fly down. Shut up! Literally, like it. The, there was that's a huge awesome. population. He had a huge people. following. I went for one of his biggest fights in Vegas. Mm. And they legit took over. The Irish like took over. Half of Ireland was there. <laughs> Pretty much. Everybody sitting around us was like Irish. That's I went, awesome. I went to a fight where he fought in Boston with my girl. Okay, cool. Even there, there's a lot of huge uh, Irish population. Yeah, that makes but sense. I don't know if Chinese fans will, you know, because Irish people are known for like fighting. You know, sure, yeah, right yeah. They're the more yeah. guys out there, right? Boxing. Chinese, I guess they're a little bit more polite, respectful. Okay. So I hope that they actually stick to her because she could, like, she's really good and. You know, to have a backing of a whole country. Oh yeah, fucking take it. I, I like that, man. That's pretty cool. Goddamn. Yeah. Was, I was, I was in shock, like absolute shock. Goddamn. All right. She, she did a good job. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm glad I got to share that moment with you because I watched it like cottage weekend, just barely in it. But uh, I needed to rewatch it. And I just wanted to save it for you, just so I could. Thanks, man. Get it again. 
All right. Appreciate having you on as always, Big Rob. You're Thank the you fucking Rob. man. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Rob's like, get me out of here. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, before we get into UFC 242, UFC Shenzhen, which is what we just talked about. I fucking killed it. <laughs> Pretty simple. We went for a sweep, 3-0 and on our picks. Uh, lock of the night hits. So let's just quickly go through that. I had uh, Anthony Hernandez and Junyung Park to not go to a decision. Five units at minus 170. That shit hit. I was surprised that it even got down to like minus 155, minus 160. I believed it closer on the, closer on the minus 170 line. But regardless, I'm just happy to get that line. I, was, I thought there was a lot of value there. So I had to fucking take the hit there uh, or take the shot. And... Bang, baby. <laughs> Next up, uh, we had my dog of the night play. I had a 0.5 unit stab on uh Fuck, I can't remember his, remember his name, but it was Jung. <laughs> but uh, uh, 0.5 units at plus 240. That cashes. Uh, probably should have gone the full unit, but I always fucking say that after I hit a bet. You know, you always want to go harder, <laughs> especially when you hit it. Uh, and then lastly, I had uh, two units on Demir Ismagulov, who was actually parlayed uh, with uh, Movzer Evluev, uh, who had to pull out on the fight day due to his opponent. I think it was fight day or the, fight, the day before the fight. Uh, his opponent had to pull out due to a cut. Uh, so that ended up just being a two-unit play at minus 181 on Ismagulov. I love it, man. Like, that guy is a beast. I think he's a, a force to be reckoned with. He's very, very disciplined uh, and one of the better strikers in the division. So I can't wait to see how he continues to evolve. This big over T uh, this win over Tiago Moises is very big. Uh, so I'm happy that he was able to get that name under his belt. Somewhat of a name. You know, most fans may not know him, but Mo Moises is a motherfucker. So a uh, big win for him there. Uh, I can't wait to see what he has to come up. Uh, but plus 5.24 units on UFC Shenzhen to end it all. Great night for me. Uh, couldn't be happier. That's two two events in a row now. Uh, we got the third one coming up with UFC 242, which is which has some spots. You know, just scanning the odds, uh, there are definitely some spots. Uh, I haven't set on a. I haven't 100 set on a um, on a uh, lock of the night play for that. Uh, however, um, I do believe. Uh, that I know who I'm going to bet on for my luck for the night play. Uh, but I also want to wait till props come out too. So uh, we'll make sure uh, to to check that out and give you guys the best <laughs> advice I can on you and uh, or at least give you guys the best official free bets that I can give you guys uh, and we can cash on this shit. Uh, but quick thoughts about UFC 242. I think it's a solid card overall. You know, it's it's one of those foreign uh, Abu Dhabi cards. Uh, so they still have like, you know, a couple questionable fights on this. Um but still happy with some of the names that we're going to get to see. Don Madge, the return of Don Madge, we all remember him uh, cashing as a huge underdog for some people uh, against Tay Edwards his last time around. Uh, return of Omar Yakmatov, who feels like he doesn't fight that much, but he did fight earlier this year against Zach Cummings. That's a great fight, in my opinion, at least for an MMA nerd like myself. Nordine Talev versus Muslim Salikov should be a great fight. Uh, Nordine, pretty easy path to victory, in my opinion, but uh, yeah. Uh, I love Bilal Muhammad. I'm glad that he's fighting. His fight against Sato should be really impressive or at least really fun. Uh, what else do we got? Sarah Marais somehow making an appearance. Uh, debut of Lerone Murphy, who I'm kind of excited for. Uh, Andrea Lee against Joanne Caldwell. I think that's a decent fight at 125. Uh, return of Maribek Tysimov. That's my motherfucker right there. I, I'm huge on that guy. I, I, I love him and uh, <laughs> I love him. I love him. Uh, but I think that he's going to do uh, some big things in that 155 division. So it's great to have him back, uh, especially against a decent opponent like Diego Fajera. You know, maybe not the biggest name, uh, but at least uh, a name that, you know, 
may be able to establish establish himself at, again at that 155 division. Curtis Blades coming back against Abdur Rahimov. Can't wait for that. Uh, Makhachev against uh, Davy Hamosh is a great fight. Feller against Barboza in the co-main event. And then obviously our lightweight main event with Khabib Nurmagomedov Khabib, uh, Khabib versus Dustin Poirier. So, why waste any time? Uh... I don't have much time speaking of time. I do have a guest coming on in, the, in a very little bit, just like I had for the last pay-per-view event. Uh, he's going to be helping me break down the main event, uh, but I'm just going to leave you guys in a little bit of a suspense until we get to him uh, to actually introduce him. Uh, so a couple of these fights I'm just going to scan through just so I can dedicate a little bit more time to others since I do have the short amount of time. Uh, but again, always make sure you guys follow me at MMALO. TN on Twitter uh, to get any thoughts that I might have uh, that I could break down even further for you guys for Don Madge. Uh, sorry, not Don Madge, but like opponent or uh, certain fights that I will be scanning through. Apologies, guys. All right, let's fucking get into this. Kicking the card off, we have uh, Don Madge against Ferris Ziam. Ah, fuck. I probably butchered that one. Uh, regardless, uh, like I said off the top, Don Madge coming back after he finished Tay Edwards 14 seconds into the second round. I'm I was impressed with him, uh, not to say the least. You know, I, I thought uh, Tay Edwards was too big of a favorite, of a favorite in that fight, uh, due to the you know again I, I love to call it like the the wrestler striking style, which is just the big looping hooks, uh, always blitzing forward, but always kind of leaving their the, the straight line uh, open. So Don Madge was able to you know take advantage of that, uh, find the openings in Tay Edwards' striking, and then eventually get the finish in that second round. Uh, I'm impressed with the striking. You know, he's a little bit yank, uh, a little bit lanky. Um, he presents a lot of trouble uh, for most people that aren't as finessed as him on the feet. Uh, but he's coming in against Ferris ZM. Need to check this guy a little bit more. Uh, but I'm not impressed. Uh, and I do think that Don Madge eventually takes this uh, by finishing the second round. Uh, don't want to get too far into that one. Just saying. Uh, next up, Zach Cummings against Omari Akhmedov. This is a very interesting style. I think that uh, grappling-wise, they're kind of on the same level. Um, I think that Zach Cummings has a slight advantage on the feet, and I think he also has the advantage in the cardio. So if you want to break it down as simple as that, uh, you got to edge it to uh, Zach Cummings a little bit, but you, sometimes you got to question his fight IQ. Um, I do like his grappling, and I think that he could submit Omari Akhmedov later in the fight, uh, but I, would I be comfortable betting him? Currently, no. My mind might change depending on how the odds sway, uh, but I do feel like Zach will win this fight comfortably and not really have to worry about getting grinded out in that third round. Uh, and I think that's where actually he'll probably get a finish as well. So uh, I'm going to take Zach Cummings by third round finish. Uh, I just, you know, Omari Akhmedov is a very imposing guy when he can actually keep his gas tank, even though he has won his last three fights. I still don't think that he'll be able to put up with somebody like a Zach Cummings, who I believe, uh, you know, has more to offer, at least in the cardio realm, uh, than guys like Kal Noak, you know, Abdul Razak Al-Hazan, uh, and Tim Boach. So I, I am taking a Zach Cummings here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Omar Yakhmedov at least win one of the first uh, round, at least a round and a half, maybe even two rounds. Uh, but I think that Zach Cummings will really come on in the third and take over. But... Uh, I don't trust Bedham at the current price that he's sitting at. So just, again, check out my Twitter throughout the week. I might change my opinion on that. Uh, and maybe bet Zach Cummings, but as of right now, I'm going to stay put. Next up, we got Nordin Taleb against Muslim Salikov. Uh, this is a very intriguing fight. You know, Nordin Taleb is a pretty seasoned striker and, a, you know, pretty much a vet uh, as well, 21 fights in. I think that uh, his his striking is decent enough to 
to kind of hang with a guy like Muslim Salikov, but I think that uh, that might be where he gets into trouble if that's where he decides to keep it. Um, he might have the cockiness maybe uh, to, uh, you, you know, maybe make a statement on the feet, but I truly think that if he decides to take this fight to the ground, um, just as his, uh, you know, teammate uh, who fought Muslim Salikov recently too, uh, you know, if you take him down, you will probably be able to find a sub uh, or at least control him there. Uh, with that fact alone, I kind of like Nordin Taleb in this fight. Um, I just, it's hard for me to trust him too. I don't know what it is. I, I just can't pull the trigger. And I think that Muslim Salikov is very, very, you know, he is very impressive and he's a very good fighter, um, but it, it's tough uh, to bet him uh, against a guy that has the tools like a guy like Nordin Taleb. So I'll go with Nordin Taleb here uh, to win maybe, I'm going to say decision. I think he grinds him out. Uh, but um, yeah, it, I, at the current price, I just don't want to bet Nordin Taleb either. All right, next up we got Bilal Muhammad against Takashi Sato. Uh, Takashi Sato is coming off a win over uh, Ben Saunders. Uh, you know, he dropped him, finished him in the second round. Um I was impressed with him. You know, he 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 throws very well on the feet. Um, decent takedown defense. You know, um, I think that he's gonna have a lot on his plate with Bilal Muhammad, who's kind of like the best fighter all around. I think I've said it in past videos that I've recorded uh, that he, you know, he's. Uh, He's, he's not the best at one thing, but he is really good at everything once you put it together. And I think that's why he's been so successful. Um, but when he comes against guys that are like super crafted in an area like uh, a Jeff Neal um, or a Vicente Luque, he runs into some trouble. You know, the Curtis Millinder fight, we saw the fight before that with Millinder that if you decide to impose your grappling and are able to kind of close the distance and get past the striking of Chris Millinder, you'll be able to take him down, you'll be able to control him, uh, and you'll pretty much be able to bully him, just like Bilal's nickname actually is. So, uh, decent win for him there, uh, but in this fight against Takashi Sato, I think he needs to be very careful on the feet. We've seen that he can be rocked in the past before, um, but I think he his ability to put the fight completely together uh, will allow him to win uh, but I think that the minus 350-ish that I've seen him at last time is is just not a price that I'm willing to play on Bilal Muhammad. You can't completely count out Takashi Sato because he does have knockout power um, but uh, yeah Bilal Muhammad he can be hit and at minus 360 I don't know I might even take a shot at Takashi Sato now that I'm thinking about it but I gotta I'm gonna dig a little bit deeper uh, but fuck it I'll take Takashi Sato for the upset you know I called it couple of few underdogs last time around i'm gonna go with sato as my dog here it kind of hurts to say that because i love Bilal muhammad you know he's he's a great fighter uh and he does put the mma game really well together uh but uh with the way that sato throws and the, the power that he has behind his hands i think he has a really good shot at winning this fight so i'm gonna take sato by second round tko um yeah it's yeah i don't know what what more to say about that but you know Bilal muhammad uh, too heavy of a favorite in my opinion so I, I wouldn't even throw Muhammad in a parlay at that point maybe wait till he's about minus 250-ish if you want to think about betting him uh, minus 200 even uh, but yeah I can't bet him straight at this price and I am interested in interested in uh, Takashi Sato uh, maybe around the plus 250-ish range I gotta see what he's currently sitting at you know what let me pull that shit up right now I don't know why the fuck I don't have that up bang yeah, let's confirm that. Sato, wow. Close to plus plus 348 on Bookmaker, plus 300 on Sportbet. Man. 
Whew, people continue to bet below, but we'll see. Um, all right, but I'm going to take Sato by second round TKO. Next up, we got Timu Pakalin against Otman Azatar. Not going to go too far into this. Azatar making his UFC debut after, you know, having a pretty impressive stretch of uh, finishes. And then Timu Pakalin, I believe this is his return to the UFC. Uh, no, it's just been a long time since he's fought. Um, I'm going to take Azatar um, by decision. Going to uh, scooch over these next two fights or skim over these next two fights. Sarah Marais against Liana Jojua. Not sure why Jojua is in the UFC simply because she's probably fighting close to home. But I'm going to take Sarah Marais by uh, by submission, uh, but uh, not worth the underdog's tab in my opinion either. Next up, Zubera Tukagov against Lerone Murphy. Uh, interesting things in this fight. So Zubera Tukagov, obviously a training partner of uh, Habib. Uh, you know, they're kind of like brothers. So it's only fitting that they're fighting on the same card. Um, last time we saw Zubera Tukagov, it was 2000, May 2016. So it's been close to three, over three and a half years. That's insane. Long, long layoff for him. Uh, with Hanato Moikano, um, you know, he lost a split decision there. Moicano just showing he's the better striker overall there. Uh, Lerone Murphy, though, um, he's an interesting prospect. You know, he's 8-0. Uh, his competition to date is kind of, you know, to be desired, even though his last two opponents, 8-3 uh, and 7-1, and and I guess, you know, UK doesn't have the best offer on the prospects team, possibly. But he has been very impressive. You know, he has a lot of knockout power. He's very strong. Um, if he can fend off and shuck off the takedowns of Zubera Tukakov, he has a good chance of winning this fight. Um, it looks like anybody and everybody that he's hit uh, can easily t you know, go down. Uh, I believe Zubera is probably the toughest guy he's ever fought. So I think that Zubera probably will have the, you know, may have a decent chance on the feet. Um, uh, sorry, at least a decent chance to win this fight by taking this fight to the ground. And just to the, due to the fact that we don't really have much tape on Lerone Murphy to see if he's able to, you know, shuck off takedowns and, and actually get back to his feet if he is taken down, it's kind of tough. Uh, he is sitting at a ridiculous number, uh, which is currently plus 400 plus 385. If he gets near that maybe plus 500 range, I'll probably drop a 0.5 unit stab on him just due to, you know, Zubera's inactivity um, and just, uh, you know, this sheer knockout power of Lerone Murphy. If he's if you have a dog that big that could possibly land on this guy, why not take a small shot? Um, so I'm going to... I'll take Tukugov by decision, uh, but I may bet Lerone if he hits plus 500 if he gets steamed a little bit later uh, this week. Uh, next up, we got Joanne Calderwood versus Andrea Andrea Lee. <laughs> Andrea. <laughs> uh, this is actually one of my leans for my lock of the night plays, to be honest. Um, I kind of faded Andrea Lee last time around with Montana De La Rosa. That was simply because I was very, very high on Montana De La Rosa. I thought that her um, progression as a fighter and then her wrestling pedigree was really going to be a problem for a lot of these girls. And I thought that she was going to be able to exploit, uh, exploit, exploit. Andrea Lee's uh, game here uh, however she wasn't able to do that Andrea Lee showed that she was the better fighter uh, was able to keep the fight on the feet uh, and then just completely outstruck her I think that she has a very good chance of winning this fight against Joanne Calderwood as well I think that she is the better striker and that's kind of like Joanna's Joanne's game you know she's mainly a striker uh, and I think that uh, even though she has made some 
uh, improvements in her jiu-jitsu. I think that Andrea Lee is just too good on the ground too, uh, to you know to stay out of uh, any of the submissions that Joanne Calderwood actually throws up at her. I I, I find it hard to see a scenario where where Joanne Calderwood actually wins this fight. She doesn't have knockout power. Uh, you know I don't think she that she has the pace uh, that an Andrea Lee will put on her. Um, I don't think that she has a ground game to submit Andrea Lee. Um, and I don't think that she, if she even gets uh, Andrea Lee down, which I don't think she will, uh, she'll have a very, very hard time keeping her down too. So I think in all facets, facets pretty much Andrea Lee has Joanne Calderwood beat. And I think around that minus 220-ish, minus 225-ish range that she's at, she holds good value. You know, her odds are actually getting better, so I might just wait it out. Uh, I could easily hit her at minus 214 right now on Pinnacle. Um, but... I'm going to wait it out a little bit. Maybe people are going to hump on, hop on that Joanne Calderwood train a bit. We might be able to get a, bit, a price better than minus 200, so I'm going to wait. Uh, but I really like Andrea Lee here. I, I think that she wins. I don't see where Joanne Calderwood beats her, and I think that people are simply betting Joanne Calderwood for value at this point, but I don't think there is much on her, to be honest. I'm, I like to check. You know, jo, bad mofo JoJo is a, is a bad bitch, but I just think that Andrea Lee is, so much, uh, is much better at this point in time, uh, and I think that she wins. So I'm going to take Andrea Lee by decision, and she's possibly going to be a log of the night play. So make sure you guys hit that. Wait for minus 200, I would say. All right. Next up, we got Merbek Taisumov versus Diego Fajera. Um, so, I really want to bet. Uh, I really want to bet Merbek Taisumov here. Uh, but I think that the odds are currently a little bit too long. If he gets under the... Um, if he gets under the minus 200 range, I would possibly consider betting him. Uh, he's currently the best I can get is minus 249 on Sportbet. Uh, yeah, if he gets below the minus 200 range, I do believe that people will bet um, will bet Diego Ferreira at the current number that he is. So maybe that's something that we want to um, monitor at least throughout the week because I believe that it will be a great uh, addition uh, to your betting slip. Uh, you know, if he gets to minus 200, even a two-unit stab at minus 200, uh, is probably the best thing that you can do um, just to get that one unit. But I believe that... Sorry, guys. I'm just trying to find one thing. <laughs> uh, just something I want to reference. All right. Apologies for that. All right. So with Merbek Tysimov, uh, you're getting a guy that's a really good striker. I swear it's not notes that I pulled up. <laughs> it's just something else. Um, I believe he is the better striker. Diego Ferreira has fallen in love with his striking in his last couple fights. And I think that um, Ferreira... I hope he doesn't get a little bit too crazy or gun gun crazy on the field with uh, Mirbek Tesimov because I think that would be a very bad choice for him. Um, I think that Mirbek Tysonov has decent enough wrestling to keep this fight on the feet. I've seen him on Instagram alone uh, training a lot of his wrestling, and, and it seems he's doing uh, pretty well there. Uh, with the, I believe he trains with the Austrian national team as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, the time that he puts in at Tiger Muay Thai, you know, this guy is a beast. Uh, probably 
one of the best striking, uh, most disciplined fighters. You know, he left a little bit to be desired in his last fight against Desmond Green, but I believe that he has much more to show to that. To that. So there might be a little bit of recency bias here, uh, but I think that people really need to, uh, people backing Diego Ferreira need to be very wary of the fact that he's been comfortable uh, you know, in the stand-up uh, region and the fact that he's been getting wins that way as well too, that might not be the best thing for a guy who should rely more so on his jiu-jitsu, especially in a fight like this. But it's hard for me to see a way that Diego Fajera actually gets Mirabek Tysonov down and I think that he gets absolutely starched on the feet. So I'm, I'm going to continue to monitor that line for Mirabek Tysonov. Um, if it reaches around the minus 210-ish range even, I would feel comfortable laying down 2.5 units to win a unit. Uh, or sorry, 2.1 units to win a unit. Um, but man, anything more than that, I, I just, I don't know why I just don't feel comfortable with it. Uh, but I think he is a force to be reckoned with and he will definitely be one of the top fighters, uh, in that division as long as he can stay consistent, you know, don't know why the fuck he can't get his visa, visa issues cleared. Uh, is he a murderer? Is he a bad man? I have no idea, but I, I'm a huge fan of him as of right now, and I can't wait for him to get even bigger fights after he notches this victory over Diego Fajera, uh, which I'm going to say is he's going to win by decision, uh, completely outpointing Fajera on the feet. Maybe we see an, uh, a finish, maybe, uh, but I'll, I'll go with the decision. <clears throat> All right, next up we got Curtis Blades against Shamil Abdurahimov. Uh, Curtis Blades is coming off an ass whooping of Justin Willis in his last fight. I'm sure even though he likes getting finishes or wants to get finishes, I think he enjoyed beating up Justin Willis Justin Willis for 15 minutes since that guy talks so much goddamn shit. Um, and we just, you know, we saw what makes Curtis Blades such a great fighter. His his durability in terms of, uh, you know, keeping a pace up for 15 minutes and walking through shots and, and just putting a pace on guys that guys aren't able to keep up with. That's why he's such a great fighter. I think that he has a lot of potential. He just unfortunately keeps running into Francis Ngannou, so maybe he'll find a way around him to get a title shot this time around. Um, but him sitting at minus 500, crazy line. I think that he should be, I guess he should be that big of a favorite because I believe he is better than um, Shamil Abdurahimov almost anywhere. Uh, but the one thing that you have to do uh, or you have to be careful of here is Shamil Abdurahimov actually has knockout power himself too. So he's finished Mar Marcin Tybura and Chase Sherman in his last couple fights. But I think that he is very capable of landing on Curtis Blades and putting him out. I don't think that Justin Willis really had the knockout power um, to finish a guy like Curtis Blades. Uh, but I think that, you know, with a big heavyweight like Shamil, who has shown knockout power in the past, he needs to he needs to be weary. But in all facets, facets of the game, I think he wins. So I'm going to take Curtis Blades by probably third-round TKO. I think he continues to get him down and then eventually pounds him out in the last round. Um, but I would be very wary of a one-punch knockout from Shamil Abdurahimov. So that's why I'll probably, probably keep Curtis Blades off of any parlays. But he, that guy is... That guy's very talented. I'll say that. All right, next up, Islam Makachev against Davy Hamosh. I'm very excited for this fight, too. This is uh, almost a grappler's delight if uh, Islam Makachev decides to take it there. So uh, we know what Makachev's game really is. He likes to grind guys out. Um, his stand-up is slowly getting better. Um, but I think that his main game is the grappling game, which is what makes this fight so enticing. Davy Hamosh, one of the greatest uh, jiu-jitsu guys to ever you know, wear a gi, um, Kenny Florian's really high on this guy. Uh, he has a lot of credentials. Um, you know, very 
strong guy as well at this uh, at this weight class. So it's going to be interesting to see how Islam Makhachev actually deals with the strength of Davy Hamosh. Um, but it's it's tough for me to confidently go out there and bet Islam Makhachev, especially above minus three hundred, uh, even above minus two fifty. I think he needs to be around minus. 225-ish as well and I think that Davy Hamosh actually holds some value here so um, at that plus 275 range it's a very very um, it's very fun uh, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say fun it's it's very good uh, that he's at that range because I think that's with, worth stabbing distance so I may eventually bet Davy Hamosh I want to see even if he gets above plus 300 uh, but you know I think it's just tough to bet Islam at that high. You know, he is very skilled and he definitely has the tools to win this fight. And I think his BJJ is decent enough to stall out. Uh, but I think that Hamosh's strength uh, and just his jujitsu credibility and, and his experience will definitely pay, uh, you know, dividends here. Uh, so, you know, you're taking Islam Makachev and putting him into a fight where his strength is his opponent's strength as well. Uh, and it, that strength is very high level too. So Islam might not have as many, uh, you know, jiu-jitsu accolades as Davy Hamosh, but I think that he is skilled enough to stay out of submissions. However, you never know. It's 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 the first time Makachev has actually fought somebody this credential in jiu-jitsu, in my opinion, and at least somebody that's, you know, relatively in their prime uh, and fighting, you know, some of the best fights they've fought uh, pretty much. So hopefully Davy Hamosh doesn't really come out there and lay an egg and kind of like, just get by on a win against uh, like he did against Austin Hubbard. I know a lot of people that lost money on the inside the distance there. Uh, but I think that, you know, if this goes to full 15, there's a good chance that Islam Makachev wins this fight. Um, but I think that Davy Hamosh may find an opening for a submission too. So I'll go with Makachev uh, by decision. Uh, but you know what? No, fuck it. I'm going to be different again. I'm going to go uh, Davy Hamosh second round submission um how he gets islam down i'm not 100 percent sure but i do believe that makachev at one point in time will take this fight to the ground um you know maybe from after withstanding some heavy shots from Davy hamosh who you know he's probably gonna want to try to land the bombs on the feet um and if he catches islam a couple times islam might you know revert to wrestling and then hamosh could snatch up a submission from there so i'm going to take second round hamosh submission i know i know i'm going to get a lot of flack for it in the comments but I don't give a fuck. That's you got to make some bold picks sometimes, and I think that Hamosh definitely has the tools uh, to cash as a plus three hundred underdog uh, and holds a lot of value there, in my opinion. So I'm taking Hamosh by second round submission. Next up, we got Paul Felder versus Edson Barboza. Uh, great fight in terms of style styles. Uh, both guys are strikers. They fought in the past, and I believe Edson Barboza won by decision. That went down back in July of 2015. Um, and I think that both guys have definitely made some progression in their in their careers, and a lot has changed since that time too. You know, Barboza has taken a lot of beating, and Paul Felder has been you know putting together some good wins. Unfortunately, he broke his arm against Mike Perry in that fight and lost his split decision. But you know, excluding that fight, he's kind of he's on a four fight winning streak. Alex Ricci, uh, Stevie Ray, Charles Oliveira, and then James Vick most recently. Uh, and this fight against Edson Barboza, I'm not I'm not sure how. Uh, how legitimate his his opposition against Barboza will be here. You know, he's currently holding around plus 140. So, you know, at current odds, I think Felder holds a little bit of value, but I have no interest in betting him. I'm kind of looking at making a small play on Edson Barboza. I believe he is the better striker. I believe that, uh, I don't think that, you know, Paul Felder will put that 
that pace and style on him that will break in Edson Barboza as we've seen in the past. I think we'll see him uh, implement his leg kick game pretty uh, early, um, start you know opening up his striking as well against Paul Felder. And you know, as season of a striker and and fighter as Paul Felder is, I believe that Edson Barboza is the better striker hands down. Um, so unless Paul Felder really tries to implement his uh, takedown game, which I think he'll still have trouble even getting Edson Barboza down, um, I think that Barboza wins this fight on the feet. So I'm going to take Barboza once again by decision. I think that uh, he could be worth a play if he reaches closer to the minus 140, minus 135 range. And uh, we'll hit it like that, baby. I think that Barboza definitely could hit that realm too because I think a lot of people are kind of still writing off Edson Barboza. So I would stay patient with that Barboza line, see if it gets a little bit tighter, uh, and then drop the money there. So I'll take Barboza by decision. All right, that kind of pretty much leads us into our main event, which is where I'm going to have a guest come in and help our asses out. We got, let's see if we can get him on the phone real quick. He is a writer for MMA Oddsbreaker. He drops uh, pretty much a prop betting selection every uh, UFC event. We got my man Chris White on the line. What's going on, brother? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Good, man. I'm fucking psyched to finally have you on. God hey, damn. Likewise, man. I'm happy to be on here and talk with you. Fuck yeah. Happy belated birthday. You don't have to You don't have to reveal your age, so don't worry about that. <laughs> but uh, what... Perfect, perfect. You're probably younger than me, if anything. It's all good. I'm an old yeah. fuck now. Um, so I just want to give you a quick shout-out for your UFC 241 prop bet. You hit Derek Brunson by decision at plus 265. I was one of those chumps that bet fucking Ian Heinrich there. You saw the value in Derek Brunson there and hit that shit without pretty much any hesitation. What kind of went into that that, that bet? Uh, man, looking back, I, just, I didn't have a lot of... I wasn't really too big on Ian Heinrich overall. I didn't really think much of him. And if you know, if he couldn't take Derek Brunson down, where Ian Heinrich really shines at on the ground, and then Derek Brunson probably just outstrike him and would not, you know, probably take him down, just control the range and, and the striking in the stand-up game. But I just took a shot. I saw a little bit of value, and Derek Brunson's chin is always going to be a, um, an intangible there and whatnot, and getting knocked out. But I just took a shot on it. I thought that was worth it. Worth a shot. Man, that that's some sniping shit right there. Because plus two sixty five on, you know, I I think a lot of people overlook that decision from Derek Brunson too. I I was one of them. I'm fucking guilty of it. You know, I was so balls deep on Ian Heinrich. I thought he was gonna win that fight, but you you sniped that line and, and props to you, man. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> and you almost hit Yoel Romero by decision at plus five twenty five. So I'm sure you're kicking yourself a little bit, but you're happy hey, with the Brunson hey, winnings, right? Hey, hey, yeah, for sure, man. That Yoel Romero was worth a shot too. Uh, hey, props to Paulo Costa. He's a beast. Oh, fuck yeah. All right, I brought you in to break down one of the bigger fights of this year. I needed to get you on this card because I know you you like yourself a little bit of Khabib, and I know you back that guy a lot. Uh, but right now at five dimes, you're getting Khabib at minus 460, plus 365 on Dustin Poirier. Um, fuck, is coming into this fight pretty much undefeated his almost his entire career. Dustin Poirier coming off a big underdog victory over uh, Max Holloway as last time around. A lot of people people wrote him off in that fight. A lot of people running him off this time around. I am seeing a little bit of money coming in on on Dustin Poirier, but where do you sit on this fight? Who do you who do you think wins this fight? What's the best path path to victory for either guy? Oh man, so Dustin Poirier, you know, he's actually he's starting to come into his own now. You know, thirty years old. You know, he's really putting it all together in the prime of his career. 
Oh. So, you know, he has, like, you know, two losses in the past five years. Michael Johnson in the first round by knockout, and then, you know, of course, with Conor McGregor, uh, first round TKO as well. Yeah. Other than that, you know, he has some of the best wins in his career over Eddie Alvarez, you know, the Max Holloway win, Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis. As far as, you know, his uh, the, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, uh, you know, he's been out for almost a year now, but, you know, of course, the biggest win of his career over uh, Conor McGregor. So, um as far as, you know, the, the matchup goes, Dustin Poirier, you know, if you can keep it standing, of course, you know, that's that's his realm right there, you know, striking, you know, knees and all that. But uh, I don't think he can stop the takedowns from Habib. Maybe he can force a shot at Habib and catch him coming in with a knee. Um, but, you know, over the course of five rounds, uh, once Habib really gets the timing down and whatnot, takes him down, beats him up, uh, it's really hard to see Dustin winning this fight outside of, like, you know, a flash knockout early on in the fight. He is the teammate of another ATT stablemate, another major ATT stablemate, who landed a pretty impressive knee on another wrestler. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, but I never thought much of Ben Askren either, man. Never thought much of him. But I thought he was going to, I thought Ben Askren was going to win that fight. Oh, I think everybody fucking did. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm happy uh, Jorge Masvidal. Of course. Him. There couldn't be anything better right now, especially with the Diaz and fucking Masvidal fight oh, we might have oh, coming up. Main event pay-per-view, right? Oh, yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know why the fuck I've been hearing other chit-chat like, oh, they should be co-main event. I'm like, fuck you. These guys are like easily yeah. the biggest names in MMA right now. Yeah. Nate, with Connor sitting out, Nate has to be one of the biggest names. You know, he's, he's uh, you know, 34 years old, but, you know, he's he's getting all the love and attention that he finally deserves. Oh, absolutely. I think he's finally overshadowed uh, Nick, but... I hope we see Nick at least one more time in the future. But let's let's not stray too far away from the main event here. Um, so you're going to go with Khabib. You think he gets a decision, or do you think he gets maybe a late TKO submission? What do you think? I'm going to go with decision because, uh, you know, the first few rounds is probably going to be Khabib trying to tire out Dustin. You know, Dustin's got a really good gas tank on. I don't expect him to gas out early or midway through the second round like Connor did with Khabib. Uh, I think Khabib is not going to try to finish the fight as well. He's going to take his time. And he knows he knows Justin has a good gas tank as well. He's gonna take his time, beat him up a little bit. Hopefully, third or fourth rounds when Justin really starts, you know, uh, really well under the pressure, of the takedowns and the grappling and the, and the ground and pound. Uh, Justin's really tough. He's got a good chin overall. Um, I'm gonna lean with Habib by decision. Nice. Uh, current odds, like I said at the top, minus four sixty Khabib, plus three sixty five Poirier, is. Khabib worth putting into a parlay at minus 460 or is the shot on Dustin Poirier at plus 365 the better better like in your perspective is it the better move what do you think is the better oh, one? Oh man yeah that's right that's tough. I can see why if I were to take Dustin Poirier he's not going to win a decision in my opinion no you'd take the end of distance yeah look at this prop master coming out yeah I would rather take a prop on him to win by like TKO or inside the distance maybe even a sub he can force a shot on Habib and maybe grab a Darce choke. Ooh. Justin's had really uh, solid Darce chokes in his, earlier in his career. Poirier by submission at William Hill plus 1,600. Yeah, man. There you yeah, go. It, could be, it could be worth a shot, but I'd rather take a little bit of a safer approach if I were to take Poirier and just be inside the distance. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, are there any, I know we don't really have any prop bets out for the rest of the card, but is there one other like prop you're kind of interested in? Like, you know, you may not have lined it or anything yet, but is there any other fight on the card where you're like, this, you know, maybe Amari Akhmatov by decision might be a good prop or something like that. Is there anything out that has stand out to you since then, uh, since, since you've looked uh, at the card? Let's 
see, probably the, the co-main event, Edson Barboza and Paul Felder, they're the co-main event, right? I'm yeah. Bestbuy.com. Yeah, yeah, um, you're right. I think both those guys are, it's going to go to decision. I'm leaning Barboza, uh, probably decision. Uh, I'm not really sure yet. I'm waiting for the lines and the rest of the odds to drop on that and open up and see what kind of, or what they're lined at, but maybe Edson Barboza by decision. I feel like he'll be around like plus 100, plus 110 by decision. Maybe Andrea Lee by decision as well. Yes. Uh, really handle a Calderwood there. <laughs> I, I, I was breaking the card down before I, I called you, and I, I pretty much picked the same thing. I need, I got uh, Barbosa by decision, and uh, I'm probably going to go balls deep on Andrea Lee straight. I think that her price is going to get better as well too, so uh, she's creeping up around the minus 215 range, but I think that we could get her better than minus 200, so sit tight, my man. Yeah, for sure, man. I really like Andrea Lay there. Probably open up in a parlay or something. Not really sure yet on that. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts you have on the card? Anything you want to quickly gloss over, or you like you good? Uh, yeah, I think we're I think we're good here. Really like Khabib this weekend. Probably gonna take a shot on him by decision. Nothing too heavy. Just like a one two two unit play. Uh, nice. Maybe open parlay him if any more money comes in on Justin by fight day. So we'll see. Nice, nice. Well, thanks for joining me. I appreciate you finally fucking breaking your podcast. Uh, should I say popping your podcast, Cherry? Did we do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we sure did, man. I know a lot of people fucking love following you. You're one of the, the bigger figures on MMA Twitter. So I was, finally, I was just like, yo, I got to lock this motherfucker down. Let's get him on the fucking yeah. podcast. <laughs> and we fucking made it happen. I love it. Hey, hell yeah. I'm glad we got it done, man. Yes, sir. All right. You guys can follow him at... Chris White 209 on Twitter. Uh, and then you can see all of it. You, do you do it just for uh, pay per views or fight nights as well? Those prop uh, articles for Oddsbreaker? Yeah, I do it for fight nights, you know, the ESPN plus cards and then the pay per views. It's whatever. If I can find something I like, I'll, I'll write up something really quick and give a, a quick little breakdown on it and have it, have it posted. Perfect. This man is sharp. This man is fucking sharp. Make sure you guys read those articles. I always retweet it. I love my man. I always try to look out for him and shit. So appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. And uh, good luck with the fights this weekend. Hey, hell yeah, man. Take it easy. I'll see you then. Later. All right. That was my man, Chris White. I had to bring this motherfucker on. You guys know him as Chris White on Chris White two hundred nine on Twitter. He's one of the more funnier guys out there. Uh, we've been talking for a long time on Twitter. You know, it's about time that I finally linked up with him and did something proper like this. Uh, so make sure you guys follow me. He's a very sharp guy himself. Doesn't track as much as he used to, I believe, uh, but uh, always has great insight in terms of props. And he's been hitting them pretty steadily recently too. So make sure you guys check him out. Um, my personal play, I didn't actually give it while he was on the line, but it is going to be Khabib Nurmagomedov probably by decision. Uh, I see a lot of people making plays on Dustin Poirier. I'm just not that. Uh, that The only guy, let's put it this way, the only guy that I'm feeding Khabib with is um, Tony Ferguson. That's it. That's all I'm going to play. Like, If I can give Tony Ferguson roughly around that plus 300, plus 250 range again, I will play him. And I truly believe he has the best chance to beat Khabib. I don't think Poirier is going to be able to implement that striking game and and keep the fight on on the feet as much. Um, And my man Chris White said it perfectly. If you want to bet that fight, the best value you'll probably get is uh, Dustin Poirier inside the distance. Um, Yeah, unless Khabib somehow drops massively to like minus 300 or something, I probably would keep him out of parlays. Uh, But minus 460, uh, that's a little bit too much juice for me. So uh, just like the Bilal Muhammad fight, he should should win. uh, But I don't uh, believe that the the straight shot is worth it at least or even keeping him in a parlay. So 
that pretty much does it for me. Uh, no official bets currently, but it will probably be the lock of the night as Andrea Lee. So make sure you guys keep an eye on that minus 200. That should be the the trigger point, I should call it, uh, that you should pull the uh, pull the trigger. Um, at MMALOTN on Twitter, follow along. I'm my Some of my thoughts may change because that's what happens. We're fucking human beings. Um, I will drop my plays soon. Check out the website, MMALOTN.ca. Uh, the Lock of the Night Challenge is going fucking great. Uh, super excited about that. I'm in the middle of a move, uh, so it's been a little bit challenging for me to complete that tape index for the UFC 242. But hopefully before you guys even get this episode, you guys will be able to feast your eyes on the tape index and hopefully get a little bit more help uh, with your betting needs for this weekend. That's it. We're done. Thanks to my man Chris Chris White for coming out. Thanks to my man Big Rob for hooking up the pro- producing as always. Uh, and we will see you guys next week for... Don't even know whatever UFC event is next. Uh, let me confirm that real quick before I let you guys out of here. Oh shit, it's Cowboy versus Gaethje. Holy fuck shit. Alright, there you go. Cowboy versus Gaethje. We're going to be breaking down next week. See you guys next week. I'm out.